I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. It's the real. I'd like to teach the world a
What is the deal, party people? What's going on, everybody? Everybody safe? Everybody good? Everybody in a decent mood? Not so much? Kind of, sort of? Well, if you tuned in, this is the fourth, the fourth installment of the Film Deviant podcast. Uh, and it's just little old me hosting. <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm your host. So I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm sitting here in the dark recording this podcast episode. I'm in comfortable shoes because if there's anything that I've learned thus far in this podcast adventure, it's the importance of wearing co- comfortable shoes when you're recording these things. Like it's like no joke, seriously. Um, I'm rocking um, some Nike Bruins right now. Um, I found that these... Like, I've been through a multitude of skate shoes in my life. I went from, like, Vision to Vans to Airwalk, back to Vans, to Duffs, to Actions. I had a pair, a couple pairs of Actions. Um, I skated in Sambas. I skated in Pumas. I skated in Canvases, uh, Campuses, um, Chuck Taylors, uh, then all the way back to Vans. And then lately... I've noticed that Nike uh, SB Bruins um, are actually really, really comfortable and provide the most board feel that I've ever experienced. Um, and they give me some, you know, a little bit of support. And because they're suede, they wear a little, uh, they wear a little better um, over time. So, um, having said that, having gone off on a skate shoe rant. Um, I found that wearing comfortable shoes when I record these things just puts me in a better frame of mind, puts me in a better mood. And you can kind of sort of tell, like in the, I think the very first episode I was wearing my work boots. And then the second one, I was, I guess, I think I was wearing my work boots again, but it was more like (laughs) I was taking this like militant stance on racism. But the last couple of episodes... I've been rocking my Nike SB Bruins, and holy Christ, it's like, like it's just a very relaxing, um, a relaxing vibe that I put myself in when I when I wear comfortable shoes. I have plenty of water provided. I'm in the dark with some like sort of mood lighting, so this is actually really really nice, especially uh, taking into account my topic if you will, for this episode. I'm finally talking about probably my favorite film of all time. The one film that I have the most copies of, the most memorabilia of, the most, you know, posters of, the most anything of. Like, this one little film from 1985 has captured my heart, my dark, deviant heart, and it's just given me such... Such happiness and joy throughout all these years, you know. Um, so I, I would imagine this is going to be sort of like an ongoing series, like within my podcast show where I talk about demons. Like I'll, I'll just, you know, maybe every five episodes or every whatever episodes, I'll, I'll do like an episode on, on a certain point of view or a certain topic regarding the film Demons. Um, in this one, in this episode, <laughs> I'm going to discuss how I came about 
this nineteen this night this little nineteen eighty five gem of all gems cinematic gem Lumberto Bava's Demons, and you know you'll have the benefit of me not wandering off into social commentary land for the first half of this episode. It's all devoted to just me chatting about demons. But in this case, in this particular episode, I want to talk to you first and foremost about how I came across the film, because it's a very pivotal moment in my cinematic watching life. I came about one day. um, So let me just set the stage for you, okay? Let me set the mood. Let me light the candle and provide a little glass of J&B for you. <laughs> when I was young, I want to say maybe 12 going into 13, I was a latchkey kid. And if you don't know what that term is now in 2020, a latchkey kid basically is when you're given keys to to the house, to the family house, and there's no parents that like pick you up or, you know, they're not waiting for you at home. You just, you're given these keys and then you find your way home and, you know, you make your own dinner and you do, you do your homework and you, you know, it's like your parents are trusting you enough where, you know, you're responsible and you come home and act responsibly. So having said that, when I was um, a young prepubescent Brian, I was a latchkey kid and the, I had the added bonus of having the rental card for the nearest uh, movie rental place. And at the time, uh, there was a place called West Coast Videos that my mother had a membership uh, with, you know. Why is West Coast Video number one? Today we'll talk to another famous West Coast Video customer to find out why he rents movies from West Coast Video. Yes, I knew that you fool. West Coast Video's unique computer system gets me in and out quickly. And with my West Coast Video card, good at any location, I can choose from over a half million movies chain-wide. When it comes to renting movies, West Coast Video does not minky around you now. Wherever you are, there's a West Coast Video near you, and more on the way. So I was—I I grew up um, in a single parent home, and I had my siblings. You know, back then, so it was very. There was always something going on. You know, like my mom worked during the days, so you know um, she would come home in the evenings, and just made sure that you know we got to school on time and everything. Made made sure we finished our homework and all that stuff. But she would come home late at night. So she had like, I think it was second shift or something where you work in the middle of the day and then you don't get home until much later. So I would go home and on my way home, I would stop by uh, West Coast Video. And I, I sort of befriended the, um, the, the clerk at the time. He was like a younger guy. And he was into heavy metal and he looked like maybe like an older skater or whatever. So automatically, like we kind of, we knew our kind, you know what I mean? Like when you show up and you see somebody of the same kind of look and, you know, of the same style or whatever, you basically just, you know who they are, you know, like you, you know them. So I feel like he sort of had that, um, that thing with me. So what he would do is like we developed this thing where you know he knew that I was very much into horror movies because um, I was always staring at all these different horror titles and boxes and whatnot. And then one day, and, and interestingly enough, like before this one particular day, I always circled around this movie, this this box with with the um, 
the the fluorescent pink letters and the crazy looking demonic monster on the the face of this box. So I always like just kind of walked around it, circled around it, circled back to it. But it always like just kind of scared me. It was just one of those images. Um, that one and the beast within both had like this sort of weird, like I, I was like, I was afraid of those boxes. You know what I mean? So, you know, certain VHS boxes back then were like over the top and so over the top that they weren't really scary. They were just more attractive, you know, taking into account, um, like, for example, this one box that the clerk put aside for me that just came in. And it was, of course, the butchered version at the time of Argento's phenomena called Creepers. So he had that saved for me because he knew that, like, I came in and I rent, you know, I rented all these uh, horror movies. Like at the time, I rented The Gate, I rented Fright Night, I rented, um, God, what else did I rent? I, I rented Creep Show. Creep Show I actually saw for the first time in a drive, uh, a drive-in theater with with my mom, but it was out on video, and I remember just, you know, wanting to see it again. So I rented that. I rented all these different kinds of movies. So he knew. Uh, poltergeist again you know like all these movies and so he knew that i was very much into these films so when creeper showed up at his um you know at west coast video he put it aside for me and so when i walked in and i was like looking at all these different you know what to rent for this evening he gave me creepers so i looked at it and you know when you look at the box at the time it's a box of you know, um, a drawing, like an artist's rendering of Jennifer Connelly and half of her face has been like sort of eaten away. So you see like a skull and then, and of course she's got the, the hellish sort of demonic flies that are flying from her hand into sort of a swarm. So for me, it was like, holy shit, this is so goddamn amazing looking. Like this is heavy metal looking. So I instantly grabbed that one and, you know, um, that's, when I discovered Dario Argento. So um, I mentioned in the previous episode that um, that sort of led me down to Dario Argento's world of horror, which basically opened up an entire visual spectrum to me of like all his films, or most of his films at the time anyway. And then so that's when I discovered that he produced and, you know, co-wrote Demons. So having known that, it just, it it enticed me that much further. Like the box was still fucking creepy to me at the time when I was younger. But it it was like, okay, this is a Dario Argento film, you know, directed and written, co-written by Lamberto Bava. So I need to see this film. Like I need to like find a way to get over my fucking fear of the box and take it home. So when I finally got up the nerve to do that, I brought it home and I was super excited, but at the same time, a little scared because I was like, okay, if the demon on the box is any indication, this thing is going to fucking frighten all of my wits. I'm going to be like, you know, just fucking scared of this movie, which by the way, to this day, the one film that has managed to remain the scariest film of all time for me is The Exorcist. So anything having to do with demonic possessions and you know realistic i want to say realistic demonic possessions has always sort of like touched my sweet spot of like things that frighten me you know so having said that 
that was another whammy for demons as well is like oh shit like this has to do with demonic possession for fuck's sakes you know um but the way like when i first watched demons when i first sat down put the vhs in the vcr and i hit play the very first thing that hit me was that it was very much of the time of like my surroundings back then in the 80s like it felt very like almost mad max ish you know like very like um you look at all these punks on the train when uh you know when in in the opening credits um and all these different characters in the train and you have the music the very pulsating theme song written by uh claudio seminetti at the time um with goblin it's just it's a very like excitable kind of moment and you know like i won't lie the very first time when that title screen hits you like right after you know dario argento presents a film by lumberto bava and then it hits you with the like demons you know that fucking took me (laughs) it kind of took me off guard because i was like holy shit it's true this fucking film is gonna scare me however staying the course the i don't know the subway ride was very much like it put me in a comfortable zone you know what i mean it, it, it gave me a comfortable vibe where I was like, okay, I know some of these people here. You know, like, it, it, I didn't know them, but they felt familiar to me. Like, you know, if you've ever taken a train in uh, Boston or New York or whatever, you know, like, it, like when you're sitting there in the train and you look around, it's like you feel this camaraderie, you know, because you, <laughs> you're all either too broke to, like, own a car or you're a latchkey kid or, you know, like, you just... You, you're all for the environment and you just want to take a train or whatever like we're all just like like-minded like we're all here and we're all on this train to this destination so for me that particular t- train ride um symbolized the destination into the film so it's almost like you sit down and you're projected into this new world you know so when Michele Suave shows up you know looking like again you know, he stepped off of a Mad Max uh, movie set or something. Very, like, I don't know, like, it, it almost, it almost, okay, it almost felt like I was safe. <laughs> because, because I sort of, like, I don't know, I, at a young age, I identified, for whatever reason, with this one dude that looks so different from everybody, handing out, like, tickets to go see this movie, you know. So for me, in my head, in my young 12, 13-year-old head at the time or whatever, I was just very, like, it, it just transfixed me into this new experience, you know? Almost like when people take a hit of acid and then they do something uh, specific to kind of, like, set their high right, whether it's, like, put on some Grateful Dead or, like, I don't know what people, like, I haven't, you know, taken acid since I was much younger. Um, and it was only one time and that's because somebody, you know, uh, spiked my drink of acid or whatever, but I won't get into that. Still a sore spot for me. (laughs) But when somebody does that, when they, when they get themselves in the mood, that chill sort of mood, uh, Michele Suave, like sort of represented that to me. Like that was the representation of like, so you're taking this train ride into this world and then you're handed this ticket to sit down and experience this this thing that you're about to experience. So 
I don't know. Like for me, it just felt like a like a safe uh, like like when you see the um, the the boatman on the river sticks. You know what I mean? You get into the boat and you're going to your destination. So he's almost like you know you're not scared of the boatman, even though he looks fucking crazy as fuck. But you're almost comforted that he knows where you're going. You know, he knows where you're going. He's going to take care of you up until you get to this point. You know, that's what um, Michele Suave's metal faced character meant to me when I'm watching this film. So Demons was very early on in my, you know, uh, Italian film going adventure. You know, it was very early on. Um, Demons 2 didn't come until a little bit later, but Demons, the first Demons, um, that was pretty early on um, when I was, you know, trying to find all these different Italian horror films. And like I said, it was one of those that I just circled every single time back to because I was scared of the, the VHS box. So when I'm finally sitting down watching it, I don't know, it was just like a very communal experience for me. You know, like after the film was over, and I, know, I realize I'm skipping ahead to like after the film was over. Um, but this is more about, you know, my personal experience watching the film. I'll get into the particulars. Trust me, like I, I have years and years and years to get, you know, to break demons down and really like dissect it and really get into like how I feel about each and every bit, every detail of the film. Um, however, having said that, um, the reason why the film means so much to me was back then it was one of the first films that I myself, you know, found and then later on discovered, you know, upon, you know, uh, being interested in all these Italian films. So um, as I mentioned in, in the previous episode, my, um, my first, if you want to say, uh, the, I guess the flavor maker, right? Like the film that gets embedded in, into your psyche and it, it causes you to gravitate towards certain like you know interests in life was all the colors of the dark you know because my uncle unbeknownst to him had this bootleg vhs of this film that i and even thinking about it to this day like being a collector of all these different versions of all these films you know whether it's on blu-ray or vhs or dvd or whatever laser laser disc i even own some laser discs um, of, of these certain films but just knowing that my uncle had a copy of All the Colors of the Dark when I was like seven, it blows my mind because I'm like, first off, I'm like, why did you allow me to watch this film? And then second off, like in my older age, I'm like, where the fuck did he even get a copy of this film from? You know, like it must have been from a friend, from a friend, from a friend. And he got it um, as a bootleg version of this film or whatever. Like, I don't know where he would have acquired such a thing, you know. Because back then, Italian releases were pretty scarce. Like they weren't, they were they were around, but they were pretty like hard to come by. You know, um, not like today where like you can just like you zero in on a certain Italian film, you go online, you click purchase or whatever, and it's sent to your house, and then you're able to enjoy it. Back then, it was like like holy shit, you had to like literally write down a roadmap of like where you want you know, which film you want to go to next and all that stuff, you know. So after I had that sort of 
uh, film All the Colors of the Dark to really taint my taste, if you will, <laughs> like to um, give me that sort of, you know, uh, idea that I like a certain style of film now, you know, in, in my young mind. Creepers just did it for me. That one was so crazy and off the chain that it just like, it gave me that sense like a gift. Like, there are more films like this. You need to seek them out, you know. So when I came across Unsane and then um, Hatchet Murders, I just, I wanted more of the, uh, of the craziness, of the extravagance, of, of, you know, throwing all these different senses into you, into the, you know, uh, to the viewer and the the viewer is experiencing this film on all these different levels, right? So demons fit the bill for me. Like after I, I sat down and I watched it, that was the film that in my head, in my mind, I was always trying to chase. So like whenever I would go and find a brand new Italian film or even like to this day, if I'm sitting down to watch a film somewhere in the deep, like, you know, uh, abyss of my mind if you will like there's something that compares everything to demons you know what i mean i'll I'll just lay that out to you right now there's something in my head and it's like at this point it's uncontrollable it's just something that happens automatically that compares each and every film that i watch whether it's the fast and furious on some level or if it's like a film like i don't know um uh Jesus Christ I'm I'm struggling here but like I like I just watched a movie called The Night Eats the World yeah it's 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 The Night Eats the World it's a French film I think and it's available on Prime so I just I noticed it the other day and I sort of like the artwork like I think I might have mentioned before that sometimes I'll just pick things based on artwork alone you know because I think it's cool looking or whatever so I picked that to watch, and I sat down and watched it, and it's not bad. It's it's a pretty good, um, you know, low-budget zombie film. You know, it, it does some interesting things, but it's it does derive a lot from, you know, the the subgenre of zombie movies. However, having watching that, I, sur- sur- I, I watched certain uh, chaotic elements in the movie, like this is like an apocalypse happening or whatever, and then my mind goes right to demons because, you know, as we all know, as we get towards the climax of that film, we enter like this sort of apocalyptic look to the film and everything around is just chaotic and everybody's turned into demons and the main characters are trying to get away from them. So it's, it's very much like that. Like you're, you're in, you're isolated in this world full of people that have changed, you know what I mean? So to this day, like even if I watch like Train to Busan or um, I watched with the family. I, I rewatched um, oh, Rise of Skywalker. Why the fuck? Where the hell is my head <laughs> right now? I'm all, I'm all about demons, I guess. But I, I rewatched uh, Rise of Skywalker with the fam the other day uh, with the familia. Uh, one love familia, by the way. <laughs> I watched it again uh, with the family. And in my head, it's like, you know, oh my God, like Ray looks evil. I wonder if she's like, you know, she's got a demon inside her or she's demonic. And, you know, oh, that like creature effect is subtle and she looks evil. Like, I think in a new version of the movie Demons, if they ever come out with like a sequel or something, that specific look would look really cool. Like for one of the, you know, like the, um, so I'm going to 
I'm going to break off from this discussion and just kind of go back to this, the discussion in a little bit. But as a sub-discussion, um, I just want to tell you um, how I had a conversation with Jaretta Jaretta uh, once regarding, you know, the possibility of making more Demons films. And she told me this concept that wasn't quite, like, fleshed out, apparently, by Lamberto Bava and Dario Argento back when they were writing the film in the first place. Um, but there were different levels of the demons, you know? So you had um, the the sort of the main look, the main, uh, the full demon that pops out of, um, you know, one of the victim's backs towards the end of the film, or towards the third act, rather. And you see him, and he's actually on the box, of the VHS box of demons. You see him, and he's very, like, he's fully transformed into a demon. And then you have, like, the uh, the blind guy um, who turns into a demon, but he still sort of maintains most of his human form. Um, and then you have somebody like uh, like Rosemary, who looks very demonic. Like she's she's far turned, you know what I mean? And she's she almost has these like uh, monster beast like characteristics about her, where you don't see her talk, you don't see her, you know, like when she's gouging out the eyes of the blind guy that's when you see her really relish in that in happiness like she's really getting off on uh you know stabbing this poor blind guy in the in the eyes um but when the you know in turn when when the when the blind guy transforms into a demon he's still able to talk like in human form and whatnot you know so very interesting to me that Jaretta talked about all these different levels of what the demons are, you know what I mean? So getting back to like Rise of Skywalker in my head, and it was a fleeting thought, obviously. Like it was just, it was there though. Like I'm admitting to you that I thought of the movie Demons when I was watching the Star Wars movie. But when, you know, with the the practical makeup or whatever effects that they use to make Rey look very evil, very menacing, very like I'm, I'm, I'm a sort of Sith-looking, you know, somebody with the, the 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 dark side of the Force. In my head, I was like, that would be a really cool effect for like a new incarnation of what a demon would look like in in a newer demon film, right? In the newer demons film. So my head went there. You know what I mean? So it's like automatically, systematically, I don't know. It's already programmed in my head. Like whenever I'm watching a new movie. A contemporary film, or even if I'm watching an older film, something in my mind just goes and compares it to the film Demons. So it's a movie that just like had a big, 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 big impact on on me as an an individual that was, you know, I was really already into all these horror movies, but at the same time. I I delved into the Italian stuff because I think that's what uh, spoke to me more. That's what um, took all these different interests that I really loved, you know, and and I I just I love them that much more, you know what I mean. And then I got into, of course, Jolly, which was a whole new world for me. So it was like it was taking the aesthetic of the Italian horror film. But it was a lot more subdued and a lot more refined, if you know what I mean. Like if it's it's, it's a lot more. I said in the in the previous show where I talked about some of the the murder scenes as regal. You know what I mean? It's very. I want to add also that they're very perverse. You know, they're very. The filmmaker relishes 
in these um in these particular scenes in a very perverse way you know and it, it comes across sometimes it comes across real sleazy but a lot of times it comes across like some kind of high art that you don't even are that you're not even aware of you know what i mean so when i'm watching a film like demons you know who who was which was directed by lumberto bava son of mario bava you just get a sense that this this guy this this when he was a child he was probably hanging around all these movie sets seeing his father do you know um films like bay of blood or um you know uh blood and black lace at the time or or black sabbath or black sunday or you know like you see him do all these films and then just the tone of each films how they each of his films how they were like they were very beautiful but at the same time very they had a lot of weird elements in them you know some of them were very uh perverse some of them were very barbaric there's a lot of brutality in some of his films so you get that young lumberto picked up on a lot of these things and then later when he moved on to some of his own films like macabre and then later on uh you know a blade in the dark um and then when he transitioned into a film like Demons and then Demons 2, it's like you can just see the, uh, the, the, the stepping stones for him. You know what I mean? Like you, you see that he was around all this jolly back in the 60s and 70s, and then he applied them you know, with the look and the aesthetic. Together with Dario Argento, uh, they plugged it into this film called Demons. And... It's very, it's it's a very beautifully, beautifully rendered horror movie, you know. Because at the time, all these move, all these horror movies were coming out left and right in the eighties, and this is the one horror movie that, in my opinion, stands out from the rest because of the look of it, because of the look of the creatures, because of each and every victim in it. Um, you know, the final girl, um, and then the final guy. Like it just takes all these different elements of a horror movie. And it just bumps him up to like a different kind of level. Like even even the movie within the movie, like idea, you know, at the time there wasn't a lot of uh, conceptual things like that in horror movies. Like they existed, of course, you know, they were around, um, you know, like when you take a look at something like Fright Night, um, it takes the, the horror movie host to a brand new level, you know. So Demons was working on that kind of thing um, even back then. So that even spoke to me, you know, the fact that all these people are invited to go watch this movie and it's a horror movie and the things that are happening happening in the horror movie start to happen in the theater, you know. So it's a very like it's a it might be like a commentary. Um, again, speaking with Jaretta, she she laid out some of the, the, the cool like details that these guys were thinking of back then. Just the fact that like you know, um, that's a commentary speaking on the horror fan that gets to enjoy, um, you know, the horror uh, filmmakers' films, you know. Just very interesting stuff. Um, and again, it's a film that I've watched countless times. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, like, I will probably admit to you that maybe I've seen it a million times. Like, when people say, oh, I've seen that film a million times. I have probably seen Demons a million times, you know, because there was a point in my life where I was watching it every day. I put it on and I just like watch it. Sometimes I'd leave it on in the background. Um, you know, in my head, I know every step, every beat of that film. You know, I'm able to list off certain posters that I have seen in the background of the movie. Um, 
you know, so there's like, there's different things that I just know about the movie because it, I'm so obsessed. Like you might say I'm, I'm a little obsessed with the movie. Uh, everybody has a certain film that they sort of gravitate towards. This is the one film that it's my comfort food. If I'm sad, if I'm in a weird mood, I put it on and it automatically like lifts my spirits, you know. The fact that I met Giretta Giretta, the fact that I've met Dario Argento, you know, the fact that like I get to, I'm able to like just message Giretta at any given moment and just say, hi, hey, I'm feeling a certain way. And then she gives me like her words of wisdom. Fucking blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like, that's almost like somebody who's like a huge, I don't know, um, fucking Pulp Fiction fan or somebody who's a big uh, Matrix fan or whatever. And then he, he, he's able to like, you know, talk to Trinity from that movie, uh, The Matrix or whatever, Carrie Ann Moss, and, you know, have conversations like they're friends and whatnot. Like, like I, I count Jaretta as a friend of mine. And even then, even on another level, like the little 12 year old uh, person, the little 12 year old Brian in me is like doing fucking cartwheels and jumping jacks inside my head because I'm like, holy shit, I get to be friends with Rosemary. <laughs> like it just fucking blows my mind. So just little things like that, you know, sort of derive from my, ex my initial experience of demons. And of course, throughout the years, I've become a, a collector of all these different things, you know. Um, I have a demon's mask. I have um, all the original demon's posters that have ever come out for the film. Um, I have, God, I have this press kit that came out back in 1985 for the film. Um, it's pretty cool. It's like a one-off kind of thing. Um, I have I have the film on, on Laserdisc, uh, two different versions of it. I have all the different versions of the VHSs that have come out. Um, including the Star Maker one with that really cool image of the demon's hand holding the theater seats um, in the theater. I have that one as well. I have the the, little, the later Anchor Bay ones. And then I have the, the Anchor Bay dual DVD that came out that had both Demons and Demons 2 in it. Um, I have the separate <laughs> the Anchor Bay Demons uh, films. Um, I have the really cool... Um, uh, the hard shell, uh, I guess clam boxes you call them, uh, VHS versions of the films. I have, God, I have all the Blu-rays that have ever come out, um, the steel books, the arrow steel books that came out, the, the dual one um, with the really cool artwork. Um, and then I have the Synapse uh, Blu-rays that have come out. Uh, I have the, the steel books of them as well. So it's like, I'm just obsessed with this film and I own all the different like physical media stuff that have come out for it i have all kinds of t-shirts devoted to, for the film like i'm just a nut when it comes to demons like you'll you'll walk you know into all these horror movie conventions and whatnot and of course now it's a whole different you know environment so who knows if uh conventions will ever be the same again but if you track down a demons fan i guarantee i fucking guarantee <laughs> that I might know a little bit more than and I'm not just, I'm not saying this as like a a fucking call to like the most you know demons uh expert out in the world to come challenge me I'm I'm really not doing that I'm just I think I know too much about this movie okay but anyway god it's just hard to imagine that all those years back 
when I brought that VHS home because I was like scared of it, but it also enticed me because I knew it was a, a Dario Argento film, that I'd be sitting here speaking into like a microphone and uh, putting it on a podcast show for everybody to listen to. It's like, I've always looked at that film as such an intimate thing that when I try to like discuss, when I, when I break apart like what it means to me and try to discuss it and sort of hear myself like echo in my head, like talk about all these things, I really do feel like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like it just, I'm, I might be a crazy person when it comes to the film Demons. Um, but I just wanted to, to sort of share that with you guys and give you a little bit of insight as to why I post so many, so many demons things like on social network, social media, whatever, why I own all these different weird things. Like maybe it just brings me back to a time when I was just a latchkey kid and I was, um, you know, finding all these different experiences in horror cinema. And it just takes me back to that time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's. It's me staring at the demon's box and transporting myself to that little 12-year-old that was fucking scared to death to even touch that box, you know. It, it just, maybe it's that. Maybe it's something in my psyche that automatically brings me to that place whenever I watch the movie Demons. And that's sort of my, my comfort place, right? So anyway, um, I'll delve into the film a little bit more um, as these... Uh, as this podcast adventure f- uh, further develops, you know, and I'll I'll share with you some of my some of my um, insight into the film, and then some of my theories on some of the characters that exist in that you know uh, world of demons. Um, because when you look at the first film and then compare it to Demons Two, just very it's almost like Demons Two is a remake of Demons One. You know what I mean? Like because a lot of the same things happen. And yet they, they, it's almost like they live in the same world, but they live in different worlds, you know? Like, I'll, I think I'll elaborate more on that when I start talking about demons too. Uh, but for now, I just want to leave you with that. The, the fact that, for me, demons just mean something a little bit deeper. It's, a, it's, a, it's its own world. When you look at each and every film, and, you know, more so the good films, like the bad films, there's certain ones out there where you're transported into the specific world. But when you when you take into consideration uh, the world of Fright Night or the world of Halloween or the world of Evil Dead, each and every good horror film delivers that world like fully, like very elaborately. You know, you, you can almost close your eyes and, and feel that or smell that chainsaw that Ash used to like chop down her girlfriend or whatever, you know, like you, 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 you get to almost feel all that stuff. You, you get to smell the popcorn that's popping in the, in the lobby of the Metropole, you know? Um, so for me, that's what happens whenever I, I watch a film like Demons and I close my eyes. I just, I'm immersed into these, these, these very specific, different worlds and for me it's it's such an easy thing to do with the film demons so anyway hopefully i didn't bore you to death with my experience with the movie demons but i just wanted to share with you some insight because as i delve a little bit further with this podcast thing you'll you'll get to see that i'm pretty much a crazy person (laughs) i'm a lunatic that's just talking into a microphone but if you're into some of these films 
it's just a different point of view of, you know, just another horror movie loving geek. You know, I'm a fan of these films. So it's just a different perspective. You know, it's almost like you're having that, we're having that conversation together. And this is just another, you know, oh, maybe I didn't see that when I was thinking of this particular movie or whatever, you know. So for demons, you get to see the whole fucking spectrum of, you know, Brian's head (laughs) and where each one of these scenes in the movie exists and why they exist and why each character exists and all that stuff, you know. Um, So I'm very excited to delve into more of that stuff with in particular demons and then, you know, some of the other things as well. So I'm very excited. I just want to um, make an announcement right now that my next episode that we'll be releasing, um, this one will probably, you'll, I mean, I'm sure you're already listening to it. So the next episode that comes out is going to be a very special episode because I'll be interviewing somebody for the very first time. So I'm very stoked to, uh, to have that happen on this show for the first time ever. I won't tell you who it is on this show, but I will tease you by saying she's a very good friend of mine and she's super talented. Like she, her music is amazing and she loves horror movies. So it's like, what, what, what better, uh, person to have as my first person that I'm interviewing, the first individual that I'm interviewing than this specific individual. Cause she's really cool and you're going to see that she's got a lot of deep insight in a lot of these horror movies out there. Um, so anyway, that's for the next episode. Again, thanks everybody for checking out the Film Deviant podcast. For you know maybe subscribing, uh, you know listening to this entire show of me just waxing poetic about how the film Demons has affected me in my life. I look forward to giving you more cool stuff, you know, just like another adventure in my world or whatever, um, and sharing that with you in your world. Again, just a, another friendly reminder, just continue to, to, to stay safe out there, to fight the power, to take that power back, you know, um, go out there and as one, let's just take it all back and try our best, our goddamnedest to change the things that are bad in this world and make them better. But anyway, thanks so much for listening. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next time. some lights in the sky. Maybe not everything's lost. Maybe there's still some place where we can start a new life.